welcome back into season one, episode three of Around the Boards, the podcast not sticking with resurrection, according to Buddy. So, once again, I am your host, Nick Schmidt, alongside me. Uh, I am Buddy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Buddy Peck. And you can find me on Twitter at Schmitty999. Uh, so, I don't know how that name ever came to be, but... It's a fun one. Honestly, it's not too bad. It's but sticking. We've got other things to talk about here today, buddy. We've got, uh, right now, let's just jump right on into it. We we just witnessed uh, a game one win for the New York Islanders, and we're going to get to it. we got more to get to in, in, uh, first, but just intro banter. Give us give us your thoughts. Oh, is this our intro banter time? Okay. Uh, well, for my intro banter, I'd like to say that I've probably had a better week than you have. Oh, uh, that's just a given. Yeah, t- a tough one for, for your abs, a uh, better one for my aisles. Uh, and again, we'll get to all those series shortly. Yeah, uh, tough tough road for the avalanche, and I appreciate your condolences. Um... Yes, I all the thoughts and prayers. Oh, well, <laughs> I think it's going to take more than that for this team. Uh well, all right then. If there's nothing else that we have to say, let's uh, crack one open. A little Sunday afternoon, uh, drinking, watching some playoff hockey. So it doesn't get much better than that. So let's just uh, let's start where the Islanders get to game uh, or game one of the conf- conference finals or Stanley Cup semifinals, whatever you want to call them in this COVID season. Uh, they had to play after the podcast uh, that we did last week. They had to play Game Six uh, back in New York um, against the Boston Bruins, and obviously came out on top in that one, buddy. So, uh, just a quick recap of it: six-two, the Isles go on to win it. Uh, they win the series four to two. Travis Zajac opens up that scoring early for uh, for the um, for the Islanders, and then obviously Marshawn answers with just a few minutes left in the first. Uh, and then after that, it was kind of the Isles show uh, from then on out as Nelson went on to score twice and Paul Mary scores in the second. They dominate to a 4-1 lead. Uh, Marshan tries to pound one, or he does pound one home, tries to get him back in it, but eventually a couple of empty netters from Clutterbuck and Pulak seal the deal. Uh, and I'm just going to let you run with it from here. Yeah, uh, great game, game six win for the Islanders. Uh, they've been very good in series clinching games, both against Pittsburgh and Boston here. Truly putting in their best effort. Boston really didn't have much going besides Marsh, and he had a fantastic series. Um, he was what I, I feel like he and Pasternak played the best out of that entire team entirely. And man, Charlie McAvoy is the real deal. Before we get to you know the Islanders' success, that Bruins team is good. Yeah, um, they had some things to figure out yeah. this off season. Now um, they do. They had some in, uh, some injuries, of course, on the back end. Uh, and they didn't get a lot of scoring from Taylor Hall, uh, noted coward. Uh, they also didn't get anything from their bottom six as well. Uh, I would like to see Boston, you know, try and shore that up from, you know, a hockey perspective and, yeah. and try and build a more complete team instead of just relying on that, you know, quote-unquote perfection line. Uh, not so perfect in this series as Pelican Pulak shut them down and they're going to do the same thing here, or at least try to. Uh, they did tonight, and we'll get to that. They're going to try to against uh, Kucherov and Stamkos. Buddy has so much salt in him right I, now. I hate Taylor. Oh Hall, my man. god! <laughs> um, yeah, I think overall it was a it was a hard fought series for both sides. Uh, now you're looking at the end of Tukarask's uh, seven by seven deal. Yeah, uh, he was playing with an injury too. Yeah, Tuka. yeah. You told me that before yeah. before we hopped on the podcast, buddy. I can't believe that. I can't believe you looked that up. I can't believe looked you that up. knew no. something. <laughs> 
sometimes I know a thing or two, I swear. Uh, I can't believe Bruce Cassidy's going out and putting Tuukka Rask, uh, you know, to play these games with a hip injury. Meanwhile, Jeremy Swayman, who, you know, the Bruins like, I mean, he he's backing up Tuukka Rask. It's not Halak, it was Swayman. Uh, so I guess they think that Tuukka Rask at, you know, 50, 60% is better than Jeremy Swayman at 100 and. If that's the case, that's that's a little concerning for I don't their know. backup. Tuka's been good in the playoffs. He has, um, but you know, if you know, you've got, got a guy long... with a broken hip or whatever the hell it was, I, it was something with the hip. I don't think it was broken. He... You probably can't play, but <laughs> okay. So that thought right. about something. You know, but he knows there's Nick, an injury. Nick, can know you what scratch that actually? <laughs> Edit that out. Nick. I'm gonna make sure to leave it in oh, just good. for you. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, Tuka Rask. Um, trying to look up his playoff stats right now um, just to, like, have it up because this year I think he was a little down from his career averages. Yeah, uh, this year he had a 2-3-6 goals against average. His average is a 2-2-2. A minimal difference, right. but a little bit. But, uh, yeah, and then save percentage, he had a, he averages in the, his career a 9-25 in the playoffs this year, only a 9-19. So minimal differences. I think the biggest difference is in the next column over, shutouts. He's got seven career shutouts in the playoffs. None in these playoffs. Um, well, that, well, look at the defense. You lose Zidane Chara. You have Charlie McAvoy playing with Matt Grizzlick, and Grizzlick was was pretty good in that series. He yeah. had a rough game six, lots mm-hmm. of turnovers, one directly leading to Kyle Palmieri's, I believe that was the fourth goal of the game. But, you know, besides Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick, they had uh, some issues on that back end. No Jacob Zaborl, uh, who they, of course, took him to Brusque and Seneshin. Uh, with those three picks in a row over the guy who just beat them in the playoffs. So, Buddy will bring this up anytime he I, gets the opportunity. I will never not bring up the <laughs> fact that they missed out on so many players. And I know that we went into uh, oh, yeah. we went into the, the draft, actually, yeah, last, yeah. last you made episode. You me read everyone. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we went into the second round. I think I think Sebastian Ajo is the, the name we picked out of the second round. But uh, tough series for Boston, great series for the Islanders. They're proving to really everybody that – they're for real. And I know, you know, they're not the most exciting team. People have called them boring. I think if you call them boring, you're not watching the games. Uh, not only have they scored the most goals in the playoffs, uh, and we're going to get to uh, the game one recap here against Tampa, but they just beat Tampa 2-1. to one. Yeah. They're a fantastic hockey team. They're fundamentally sound. They've got great goaltending, great defense, uh, and they score time the goals. Yeah, and this is like, I, I mean, it, it's – I think that Tampa is the best team right now left yeah. now that the Avs are out of it. Um, uh, so it, it this is going to be their biggest test, especially stylistically, I think, uh, that Tampa just has. And when you're operating $18 million over the cap, <laughs> you've got snipers in every hall. Yeah, uh, it's insane. You know? It's part of the game, and it's a rule, and they're not breaking any rules. I still think it's bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but here we are. We are cursing on this podcast. <laughs> going to bring that up yeah, as often yeah, as you yeah. can, too. Uh, yeah, and then the only thing I wanted to really touch on, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit more, not next week, but the week after, when you're uh, more experienced in it, that Coliseum is rocking, yeah, dude. they are awesome. And it's one of the few and maybe even the last, you know, old-school buildings left in the league. Uh, they've got a small capacity. 14,000 is their max, yep. where... You know, we look at Bell Center or Bell Center. Uh, I mean, actually, Bell Center is where Montreal plays. But I was thinking of Ball Arena. Actually, I mixed up my words. Uh, Ball Arena holds what eighteen, nineteen. About eighteen. Vegas yeah. is right there too. Nope. Ta- Tampa's right up to Amley Arena. Mm-hmm. Amley was dead silent tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon game. Lot, lots of kids and families out there just trying to have a you know a fun afternoon. 
maybe not as insane as the the carnies that go to the Coliseum. Um, <laughs> looking forward to that. I'm going to be home for Game Four, uh, so I will be there to tailgate and to lose my voice. Uh, Very excited. I, buddy said he's going to send me many video updates. Yeah. Um, so if there's any good audio to that, that will definitely make the podcast. Oh, Don't yes. you worry about oh, yes. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that place is, I, that is true home ice advantage. And it's really something that they obviously neither team had last year when they ma- matched up in the conference finals right? Uh, and, for Tampa Bay or New York. And, um, and going back to that conference final against Tampa, I mean, you can make a couple of, of excuses for the Islanders. They took them, uh, they took them to six games. They were putting out a line with Derek Broussard, Leo Komarov, and Michael Dalcole. That's not going to do it. Yeah. That's not going to do it against most teams, let alone the team that goes on to win the Stanley Cup, the team that is currently operating, as you said, almost $20 million over the cap. They've got Kucherov and Stamkos back fully healthy, and they're they're buzzing in the offensive zone. Again, going back to that game one that they just had that we're coming off of, they were dominating as far as uh, – well, not really dominating, but they were cycling the puck really well. Yeah. Uh, and they were holding the zone, and the Islanders were doing a nice job of keeping them to the outside. But uh, going back to that conference final in the bubble, uh, you know, they beat Philly in seven – the next day, they're on a plane to Edmonton. The day after, they're playing Tampa. Uh, that's a tough spot. You know, they're, they're not as good as they were, or they weren't as good as they are now, even without Anders Lee, which is crazy. Uh, the addition of Palmieri and Zajac has been absolutely insane. And I didn't I didn't think I'd ever say that. I mean, after yeah. that regular season, I was like, these guys aren't doing it much. They're invisible on the ice. And, you know, now they're controlling play, both offensively and defensively. They've bought into yeah, it seems like they really got a good thing going over there. And uh, so, I mean, for now, um, sticking with the the series that we're talking about of New York and Boston, um, it's just like, where does Boston go from here? You've already got the problem of all your RFAs and UFAs for this offseason, which there are some big names that we've talked about. And you have to deal with the expansion draft yet again with Seattle coming in. Yeah. So... Um, like what, what do you have to do and, and what does Tuca's next deal look like? Because is it time to move on? I, I don't think it is. I think Tuca's still a good goalie. Now he's 34. He's, he's approaching that conversation. Uh, always can play a little bit later than forwards and defensemen, but, but as far as like his, you know, his ceiling of play is probably on its, on its last legs there. Um, he's still a very good goalie, in my opinion. I thought he had a decent playoff, but obviously he was playing injured through those last few, and uh, he struggled, and the team in front of him struggled. I don't know if it's time to go off of Tuca. I would like to see them play a little bit more of Jeremy Swayman. Um, I also I, I think he's a pretty good goalie. I've seen a little bit of him. Um, I would also like to see them maybe go after a free agent in the offseason. Um, that yeah. wouldn't surprise me, but at the end of the day, if if you're Boston, you're probably looking to bolster up your defense. Uh, they're a little depleted, uh, and any time that you have Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, you're going for it, and you have to. Yeah, and and uh, that's exactly where they are still, and those guys can still. I mean, they're obviously getting a little bit older, obviously every year, but. Um, I just think overall that exactly what you said. As long as you have those guys, you have to continue to go for it, and it's not time to rebuild yet. Um, I just wanted to go back and look and see. Did Tuca play at all in those playoffs in 2011 when they went on to win the Stanley Cup, or did Tim Thomas play the majority? Tim Thomas played all 25 games. Never mind. 
Okay, what, what were Thomas's stats there? 940 save percentage and, yeah. and under two goals against 1.98. Yeah. So, yeah, he was pretty good. Pretty hard he to pretty not good. win the Stanley Cup when you're putting up numbers like Wait, that. Wait, scroll what down, Nick. What did Sagan do in the playoffs there? 13 games, three goals, four assists, seven points. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Not horrible. And then they trade him. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> but like you said, I mean, you're looking at the same the same old crew that won it in 10 years ago. Yeah. Patrice Bergeron had six goals, 14 assists, 20 points. Brad Marchand, 11 goals, 8 assists, 19 points. Uh, th- it's David just, Krejci David was Krejci. their leading scorer <laughs> in the playoffs that year. 25 games, 12 goals, 23 points. Wow. Yeah. So. Nathan Horton was great for him. There's a yeah you can boy look, we are a little off the rails here aren't we, are, we? <laughs> we are a little bit but it's just like it's looking at this team and just uh, I mean your top your top dogs are going to be your top dogs yeah. right and uh, the fact that they were able to do it with these guys because you look through this lineup from then it's not it's not bad it's not bad by any means but it's not anything insane no. they were still icing Sean Thornton at that point uh, um. Like you said, Nate Horton was on that uh, list. That's uh, when Lucic was in his prime, probably. Yeah, right? yeah, Lucic was a little bit better. I guess he had he had uh, twelve points through those twenty five. Hey, games. Dennis Seidenberg, yeah. how we doing? Dennis Seidenberg, Andrew Ference, uh, Gregory Campbell. It's just a lot of guys that I don't, I don't see as like wow, like that was right. a star studded no, team. Totally. It was really on. Uh, it was on Krejci. It was on. Um, I said Boster knock. It's on Krejci, it was on Bergeron, Marchand, and obviously Chara. Yeah, the 12-year-old um, David Boster <laughs> So there's there's still still work to be done in Boston, but I don't think they're that far off of where they want to be. What is far off is where we are in this conversation. Yeah. We need to move on. <laughs> okay. Looking at uh, the next series, we uh, were talking while the game was going on. It was Tampa Bay and Carolina, game five, as Tampa Bay eventually does go on to uh, win that series th- four games to one, uh, as well as they won that game that night two to nothing uh, after you or I or – I, it was definitely me, but I'm going to blame you for talking about Nadelkovich's shutout that night. Yeah. I said it, but I'm going to put it on you. You can blame me. That's okay. fine. Yeah, so that one, uh, Braden Point scores in the second period on a power play, and then Ross Colton nets one in the third. Um, and then I have a couple stats about Nadelkovich in that one that's a little shaky, um, but against a team like Tampa Bay, you really can't fault them for much. Nadelkovich stops 23 of 25 shots. Uh, only faced one shot on one power play that night. It went in. Um, which it's not really on him. It was kind of ugly defense to allow what was more or less a three on one rush into the zone. Um, as Point was able to beat him, but uh, yeah, Tampa Bay. We we kind of touched on them already because they're they're taking on your Isles. Um, but uh, they're good. Tampa Bay is very good. There's no other. We've said it so many different ways at this point. How many ways can you say it? Yeah, hot take. Tampa Bay is good. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I do want to mention here for Carolina, though, I love this team's future. I think they have one of the brighter futures in the league Yeah, I was gonna, uh, for Carolina. Yeah. Nadelkovic uh, is in his early to mid-20s, I believe. Uh, they've got a core of Sebastian Ajo and Andre Svechnikov. Svech is like 20 years old. Yeah. He's, still, he's one of the premier forwards in the league at the moment. Uh, I love this Marty Natchez kid. I think he plays the game the right way. Uh, and plus, they've got guys on the back end, like Jake Bean uh, is a young guy who I think can slot into this lineup. Uh, if, if in fact, they do lose Dougie Hamilton, we'll see. This team is, of course, oh, Svechnikov 21, excuse me. Um, we'll, we'll see if Dougie Hamilton sticks around. I believe he's the UFA. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's obviously a huge decision for him. I think obviously this team is better with Dougie Hamilton than without. Obviously, obviously that's not a hot take, but uh, this team's got an awesome future ahead of them with a really bright and and skilled core. Uh, and they've got the coaching to to really make some moves in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, and I, I really like what Brindamore is putting together down there. It seems like his guys are very bought in on him, uh, and I kind of we touched on it a couple weeks ago that with with a guy like Brindamore, he brings such a veteran presence to the room. He has yeah. won a Stanley Cup for the Carolina Hurricanes. He knows exactly what it takes to get you there and get over that hump. So I think they just got to stay the course, honestly. Um, another guy you didn't say on the back end that I really like, Jacob Slavin. Oh, Jacob, yes. Jacob Slavin? Jacob yeah, no, Slavin? Jacob Slavin. Jacob you're right. Slavin. Okay. Slavin's been great. And uh, maybe we can convince uh, Kemper to get us some, some tickets down there one day. Hey, Kemper, we're shouting you out for three straight weeks now. <laughs> Help, help, help the brothers out. That's all what right, I'm saying, yeah. Gosh. Uh, also in that series, uh, Vasilevsky posted a 9.34 save percentage. Uh, or up until today, this is a stat I wrote down before the game. Uh, he had posted a 9.34 save percentage. I'm sure it's still pretty close because yeah. he only allowed two tonight. Right. Um, On like 30-ish. Yeah. Shots, so it's yeah. it's probably right around the same area. Um, that's very good on the back end, and I think for Tampa Bay, eight and three going into today. Let's talk about this as though the game didn't happen yet, even though it definitely already did. Um, (laughs) You had to feel good. I mean, your team has just kind of steamrolled through through teams. I guess the only thing you would be worried about is your home play, as they are they coming into today three and two at home, now three and three at home in the playoffs. How is that happening? It's it's a little surprising, and and before the broadcast, or actually before puck drop on the broadcast, they showed. Uh, and I'm referring to the Islanders and Tampa game one. Before the puck drop on the broadcast, that was super confusing, um, Vasilevsky had a .911 save percentage at home. That's very human of him, and yeah. I'm surprised to see that out of what is likely to be the Vesna winner. Um, I, th- I think – don't give me that side-eye, Nick. I, don't give me that side-eye, Nick. Grubauer does not – Varlamov should have been a finalist over Grubauer. He should have. Huh. He absolutely should have. Okay, Grubauer won more games. Cool. Very cool. That's very, very cool. Hmm. He had more, sh- had more shutouts, too. I thought they tied for seven. Let's look. All right, to the Let's stats. Let's look. All right, All right, you keep lo- talking while I look. What if we were silent while you looked at it? I don't like that I think that idea. would make great radio. I what are you talking about? Um, regardless, <laughs> and we'll get to this point when you pull it up. When you Are you on Bing? It's stuck, dude. Are you on Bing? It's you're All right. Does anybody out there want to do a podcast with me? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's not my fault. Now you're looking at what you've done. It's not All my time. fault. It absolutely is your fault. Uh, it's. It, I don't know why, dude. It won't go away on my computer. It's just stuck the way it this is. This is insane. So I've tried to fix it. It keeps cutting back to it. Oh, good. Terry Sawchuck. Uh, what are you looking up here? Dude, I'm trying All right. To this is terrible. Right. Um, you just talk. Listen, I, I still think Varlamov should have had it over Grubauer. Regardless, uh, Vasilevsky has been outstanding in these playoffs, and he's shown that, you know, he's not perfect. Uh, granted, no goal he is, but uh, he's beatable at home, and the Islanders did it today. And uh, I look, I look at him to, you know, still. Okay, sorry, I lost my train of thought because you finally pulled up the stats. Uh, Varley and Grubauer tied for shutouts at seven. Okay. So, all right. You know what? That's fine. All right. I guess I guess you have a good point. Although, okay, so Varley. Had a 929 save percentage. Phil Grubauer had a 923 save oh, percentage. Oh, interesting. Uh, Grubauer, though, with a 195. And 
a sub two goals against uh, Varlamov posting way over two at 2.04. Shut up. So also Grubauer had two assists as Varlamov only had one. So oh, okay. let's All talk right. about yeah. the real stats here. No, also, right. Simeon Varlamov took a penalty this year and <laughs> Philip Grubauer didn't. So I don't even know where your argument is coming you from know what? anymore. Okay, you're right. Yeah, Grubauer deserves it on his extra assist and lack of penalty. Exactly. You're right, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Philip Grubauer, 30-9. and nine. Simeon Varlamov, 19-11. and 11. So... Just to recap, we were talking about Tampa, Carolina. Yes. And we're talking about Semyon Varlamov and Philip Grubauer. So this show wait, has been we, off are, the rails. Are we off the rails, or do we just talk our teams? I don't know. Carolina good. Uh, yeah, yeah, Carolina good. Tampa very good. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, we're going to move ahead to the Colorado and Las Vegas series. Um, uh, Nick, please take it away. Oh, boy, guys. Going in, we did the last podcast right before Game 5. Buddy was very confident. I was very nervous. Um... And it just felt good being there. We got into the building. And there was a, there was a good energy in there. Seemed like everybody knew what the Avs had to do. The Avs came out in warmups. They looked sharp. Everybody looked ready. I felt I started to feel a little bit better. They go out there. They score in the first. It feels good. Brandon Saad is able to net one, um, an ugly one, uh, at the end of the first period, and really get them get get the boys going. And they just shut Vegas down. Vegas was not getting any high danger chances. Uh, they were doing all the things right that they had to, where they had to make sure that they didn't allow Vegas to transition with speed. They had to make sure they didn't let him into the middle of the ice. And they were doing all those things very, very well. And then they were able to get a second one um, on the power play from Jonas Donskoy, which was very fortunate. Um, and now you're going into the third period with a two-goal lead, and you got to feel good. You're at home, a place you haven't lost in regulation in your last 22 games. Uh, and that held true, sure. The only problem was is that Vegas scores twice in the third period. It goes to overtime. And oh, boy. Oh, boy. Folks, if you haven't seen it, Ryan Graves... What are you doing, man? What are you doing, man? It's okay. So Graves has the puck at the top and he's trying to get it through because the ads are just coming off a scoring chance like 10 seconds into overtime. We're still in the first minute of overtime. Graves is trying to just get that puck through to the net. But the thing is, is that he takes the first shot and it gets blocked by Stone right back to him. And then McCarr quickly shifts down the wall from on the other side. And now he's got a seam pass to McCarr, which seems like a perfect opportunity. And even if he doesn't like that, he's got a guy by the name of Nathan McKinnon standing at the top. Nick, is he good? He's very good. And instead, Ryan Graves says, you guys stay over there. I'm going to shoot this again. (laughs) Shoots it again. Blocked. Going back the other way. Patrady makes a great breakout pass. And Mark Stone just burns Varlamov. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Nick, bleep that out. (laughs) He just burns Grubauer. And uh, it was tough to watch. uh, And frustration came out immediately following it for what felt like everybody in the building. Just you. And me. (laughs) You certainly. Uh, Yeah, that's a tough look from Graves. I mean, I thought he's had a decent playoff. Uh, and then just to put it on just net, it gets blocked, play. he gets it back, and, you know, high left is McKinnon, and a seam pass down is McCarr, and you're like, eh, I'll just do the same thing I just did again. Yeah, and, it's then, tough. and then he watches it, too, which yeah. is the hard part. If he yeah. just if he shoots it and immediately starts skinning backwards because he knows that Stone just blocked his previous shot and he's already halfway up the ice, 
uh, yeah, just just move back yeah. and try and get on, get more, get closer to Stone. Maybe you block that shot. Maybe we're talking about a different series. But yeah, it's true that that one play. I mean, you know, Stone gets a partial break and goes high glove. It's a nice shot, but. Uh, you know, now they move on to game six in Vegas, and Vegas shuts it down. Yeah, that was a tough one, too. Uh, it was a very back-and-forth game. Um, you know, you, you had called me because we were talking about doing, like, a Twitter live thing, maybe, and couldn't really figure it out. We're going to figure that out in the future. We will. Because um, that's a great idea if we it, can do that, like, between intermissions. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, probably between periods, not between what intermissions. What did I say? Oh. We did it between Dur- intermissions. <laughs> yeah, let's do it during the games. Everybody's going to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh but Taves opens up that scoring, uh, and I lost my mind right away. I was like, all right, here we come. The Avs have come back to force game sevens in game six, uh, two years out of the last two years. Uh, so I was feeling very confident that they could do it. And as soon as Taves scores, I'm like, all right, giddy up. We're going Saturday night to Ball Arena. Um, and just a few minutes later, Nick Holden, a weak shot from the point. Yeah. Grubauer never sees it. Um, less than five to go in the period. Wild Bill lets one fly, finds the back of the net. The Avs go into the first period down to one. Shit. Uh, start of the second, Avs get a, a luck, little bit of a lucky power play on a delayed game. Uh, just little little fact here, the last two games of the series, the only penalties that the Avs got were delay of game. The only penalties, the only power plays that the Avs got we're delay of game on Vegas. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I'm mm. a little upset with the officiating on that. but um, I would be too. Miko's able to score. Ties it up at two. A good tip by Kolasar. Gives Vegas a 3-2 lead again. The Avs, try and stri- the Avs come right back. And finally, Andre Burakovsky. 14 uh, elimination games played. 10 goals. Wow. Very good in elimination games, Andre Bur- Burakovsky. Um, and then at the end of the second period... Alex Petrangelo, the the Avs can't clear their own zone. They get hemmed in for a little while, and it ends up with Petrangelo scoring a goal with 17 seconds to go, and that, for me, was the killer. Like, you had a chance to go in to a third period with a tie game. You dominated them all the way. Their fans are out of it. You take over that game, but with 17 seconds left, you allow Petrangelo to give them a lead again. Yeah, and he gets a a nice little bounce there. Wasn't it, was it off the end boards yeah, behind the goal? It goes behind the, comes it's a out. missed shot. What I believe was a missed shot. Some people think it was uh purposeful. It's a missed shot. I think so. <laughs> uh, and it, it bounces off right back to Petrangelo and Grubauer unable to make any spectacular saves in this series. Uh, it How just g- feels like he, he, you don't ask your goalie, you ask a goalie to be fundamentally sound and, and give you like his best every night, but every now and then you got to steal a goal, and he just never did. Yeah. He never had one. He never did. Um, and the scary part for and me. And this is your Vesna finalist. <laughs> Vesna does Vesna counting does not include the playoffs, you're buddy. Right, right. Um, for me, it's that was scary by Grubauer. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a loss of confidence in him come the playoffs because he allows five goals on twenty-one shots. Um, Two high danger goals, two low danger goals. Oh, That's bad. You yeah. cannot be allowing two low danger goals in an elimination game. Average shot distance in that game, 40 feet out, no dude. No way. And really? he allows five goals. Uh, it was, yeah. So, and then at the end, I just have written, what do now? And <laughs> What do now? <laughs> and uh, Landy slash Grooby. Got to figure those guys out in the offseason. Nick. Put your GM cap on. You're Joe Sackick. Congratulations. Uh, what do you do? Feels good. Um, yeah. I think you got to bring Grubauer back. I think he's really? a linchpin. 
I think he is, dude. Oh, I disagree. I just, I don't think there's anybody else out there on the market who you can get who's going to step you up from Grubauer. Who? Hmm. You're asking someone who's done zero research? Yes, knows exactly. None of the UFAs <laughs> of this class, as far as goaltending goes? Uh, I don't know. I don't think Grubauer is as important to, to Colorado's success as some of the other guys on this team are. Uh, obviously, they're going to re-sign McCarr. It's just for what? Earlier we were talking, you know, what does that deal look like? Maybe three years? Maybe in that six, seven, eight million dollar range. Yeah, you. That's were, what I'd say. We were making a. You were making a good point that I had already made, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just stealing your points from earlier. Uh, that he, he would be smart to take a three or four year bridge deal as the salary cap is flat because he doesn't want to be left in the dust right. with an eight year deal where he could be making more down the road as the salary cap starts to go back up. Yeah. Um. So that's an off season signing, and if. Sackick, I'm. I am Sackick. I'm sorry. Right, Got right, my right. GM hat back on. Um, I'm sorry, Kale. Uh, yeah, we're gonna need you to stay for. We're gonna need you to be a three year deal because if it's a three year deal, you're an RFA at the end of it. If it's a four year deal, you're a UFA and you can walk on. A- us. Am I Kale in this situation? Uh, I'll be Kale. That's cool. Okay. I'll be a multi millionaire. Okay. Very cool. How does it feel? Uh, pretty good actually. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'll, right. I'll buy this podcast. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just Ryan's room. <laughs> Who I know is listening. Okay. We, uh, yeah, we can do a whole show on off-season moves of each team and, and what, what the Avs have to do. We've got a lot of time to do it. Yeah. Um, so, but just overall disappointing for the Avs. I think it's a tough loss in a in a series that probably should have gone seven, and I think that the Avs should have came away from. They have to get out of the second round. Nick, do you want to touch on Adrian Dater now or later? We'll, t- we'll talk about it later. You we'll later? Th- yeah, yeah. I said we do it now because wanna... we're on Avs right now. Then why did you ask? Well, I wanted to see. We- Actually, that's a great point. Why did I ask? Why did I ask if I? <laughs> you already know. I've already put us on the rails. You already knew for this what you now. wanted. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Post game. Uh, McKinnon had to answer. They put McKinnon and Rantanen and Landis Cog on the stands, which good for them. McKinnon never does uh, interviews, neither does Miko. But when you get eliminated in the second round for the third straight year, you got to put your big guys out there. Um, and uh, and uh, writer for Colorado Hockey Now, Adrian Dater, decided to go ahead and uh, maybe pull a buddy was what I would call it. What? what no he, way. He doesn't really Apologize. think. Apologize. He doesn't think, and then he just starts talking. I'm insulted. You do it all the time. Um, so right here, we'll we'll play the clip for you right here. Just uh, this is Adrian Dater asking Nathan McKinnon. Well, just listen what he asks. Uh, Nate, you know I know you're a gamer and uh, and all this, and uh, you know I'm just thinking maybe out loud as far as in your shoes right now. It's like all right, we've done all the thinking we can do. We've done all the game planning we can do. Maybe. Maybe, you know, just fuck it. We'll just go in next year and just not think anymore and just win this thing when we don't think so much. Is that, am I on the right path at all with this? Like maybe you just guys think a little too much? No. Yeah, that's tough. Nate just like looking around the room and going, no. That's, that's such an awkward position to put Nate in. Like, how are you asking such a stupid question like that? Uh, it's It's just weird and and frankly he got roasted on twitter uh rightfully so pete blackburn uh put it out basically showing it to the entire you know hockey twitter uh and he and adrian dater went back and forth about you know oh like thanks for giving me uh tips and how to be a beat writer and stuff like that you can yeah yeah adrian starts calling out pete for for not being a beat writer he's just a he's just a super fan you know with a good following um 
thinks that he's all high and mighty. And honestly, guys, like, if you don't follow the abs as closely as I do, Dater, respected in the community, because he, he has been here since the abs came in 95. But, man, some of his takes are just so bad, man. And I, and, and us, established journalists like oh, us, yes, course, uh, yes. can obviously tell you. We could we could talk, and maybe, maybe Adrian will want to get on the show someday, and maybe he can explain... His disastrous comments. In yeah, that. yeah, Data. If you're listening, come on the show so we can roast you. <laughs> just, just dumb by Data, and and Nate just not even giving him an answer is is it's just so a cherry good. on the a yeah. cherry on top on the end of that one. Um, but yeah, so that's the abs. Uh, so moving on, let's let's talk about what's going on next. So Vegas beats the abs in six. They're moving on, and now they're taking on the Montreal Canadiens in the. Stanley Cup semifinals. Yeah, I'm gonna try and call them by the correct name. All right. Yeah, I will not be. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna start off with your sure. thoughts on this series, go for uh, it. Vegas in one, if possible. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think Montreal Let's show some respect I, to Carey Price. Okay, respect to Carey Price. Sure. Okay. My my real prediction is Vegas in five. I'm, I'm kind of banking on Price stealing a game here. Um, but man, Vegas finishes the season second in the league, and Montreal at 18th. I don't think it's, uh, you know, a lot to say that Vegas is just going to steamroll them. I think that Montreal is going to shock some people. I don't know if they win the series, but okay. I think they're going to put up more of a fight than you. And a lot of nothing wrong with that take right. because that's what a lot of people think. Uh, and it's, it's, it's easy I think to. It, it's, it's an easy take. I yeah. still think it's the correct take, though. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We've got a, a – if last round was a battle of goaltenders, this round is a battle of playoff goaltenders. Yeah, Because yeah. Grubauer didn't show up. Um, no. But you look at their their numbers in the playoffs right now. Carey Price, 935 save percentage, 197 goals against, sub two. In a Bush League division. Sure. He still did it, though. Fair. Okay, <laughs> yeah. These are still <laughs> NHL players. Um, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, 191 goals against. 923 save percentage. These guys are almost identical. Almost identical out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I give Flurry the edge here. I actually do. I give Flurry the edge. I give Vegas the obvious edge. I think I give the goaltending no edge way, to dude. Montreal, dude. No way. Carey Price no. has been a tank this season. Okay, this Carey, Pri Carey Price has been the best player for that team. I'm talking about goaltending. Right. Just no, goaltending. No, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you still disagree? Yeah, I still disagree. I, I think Flurry. Is the better goaltender of the two, and I think he's going to show it. They faced Toronto, who is clearly, you know, they've got some issues. Uh, and they faced Winnipeg. What did Winnipeg do? Nothing, dude. That that whole Canadian division is a joke. It's an absolute joke. And I think Vegas is going to prove to the world that they're a joke. I, I know I picked Vegas in five. I would not be shocked at all if Vegas sweeps. I'm very interested to see how this goes because there's a few just things about it. Like, we talked about it last time, but they have still not trailed. Montreal still has not trailed for the last 7 hours, 17 minutes, and 53 seconds of ice time. In what is essentially the KHL, sure. Okay, dude, there's still NHL players. Okay, yeah. I, I just don't think Toronto's a good hockey team. And, you know... That might have been a conflicting statement from what I said in the last episode. I, they're obviously a good hockey team. but hmm. uh, Which I, one is it, buddy? Uh, which one is it? Toronto's good, but 
Montreal has the better goaltending and the better defense, and they won that series. Uh, they dominated Winnipeg. Well, they win that. Se- they don't win that series because of their goaltending or their or, defense. They win that series because Toronto was cursed. Oh, right, <laughs> no, my apologies. Yes, I mean, obviously. It's they win that series because Toronto is just uh, that's insane. Like what they're not able to do in the playoffs. But Winnipeg's strong down the middle, and they had kids out there that are able to hold them off. Yeah, and they lost in four. Yeah, Winnipeg got swept. Exactly. Wait, what, what do you wait, mean? wait, 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 wait. What's your stance? My Am stance, I confused? My stance is that the uh, the forwards and serviceable defense of Montreal was able to stave off a, a bad team, a good team of uh, centers. Centers uh, okay. drive play, and they didn't allow them to do that. No, Mark Shifley though. Mark Shifley played game one. He did play game one. He played a quarter of that series. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. No, dude, I don't think I don't think Montreal is gonna look. Vegas, you know, they they got blown out by Colorado in game one, and then after that, I thought Vegas dominated. Not dominated, but that's probably the wrong word. Vegas was a lot better than they were in game one. Vegas, right? Vegas won games overall in play, maybe yeah. not on the scoreboard. Two, three, four, five. I don't think they won. Game one, obviously not. Throw that right. one out, though. Robin Leonard's right. in that. Game six, I think the Avs came. They showed up. The, the players did it. The skaters did it, at least. Maybe not Grubauer. But, uh, hey, we love Robin Leonard. We do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we do it? Yeah, yeah, I do. You're like, who cares? I do. The man's got Long Island tattooed on his neck. How could, you not? But, How could I not? Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. They yeah. did They did outplay them for most of that series. If, if Vegas is outplaying Colorado for most of that series, what the fuck are they going to do against Montreal? They're going to destroy them. I see your point. They're going to destroy them. I see your point. I would like to maybe make a little wager on this. Oh, how exciting. For both of us. Yeah. I don't know. What, do you have any ideas of what you'd like to bet? I would bet you a nice a nice case of... Case? <laughs> Maybe one. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not confident. Oh, no. All of a sudden, his confidence Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Wait, well, what's the bet? And then we'll talk about wager. Uh, Maybe maybe who posts... Which goalie posts the higher save percentage? Okay. In yeah, the series. Flurry. And obviously, I have Flurry, and you have Carey. Is that the idea? Why would it be the other way around? <laughs> I'm just confirming for for our listeners. T- tell me why, in any part of this conversation, you thought it would be the other way around. It, it's just here for confirmation. That's what I'm. That's okay. what I'm proposing. Okay. And maybe what a, do you want to bet? A six pack of sure. uh, of of the others choosing of Breckenridge Lager. Deal. No sponsor yet. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working. On it. <laughs> yeah, Breckenridge Brewery CEO. If you're listening. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. I made a rundown. We are way off of it at this point. I don't even know where we're at. Thirty-seven uh, minutes, and uh, I, I think that's fine. We're actually we we're finished, not doing too bad. Yeah, uh, we just finished Vegas Montreal. Did we finish that? Yeah, Vegas yeah, in two and a half, and Vegas in six. Ooh, Vegas, Vegas in six. six. Okay. Carey Price posts two shutouts, both at home. Wow, that's gonna be so funny to listen to. It. <laughs> I can't wait. Vegas in uh, five is my official prediction. Maybe but again, I'm very wrong. Vegas in four would Something about Carey Price, dude, and they're just so. Fun. Oh, they're very fun. I don't want them to I, be I, done. I want this to be known. I don't want Vegas to win. I want Montreal to win. They're not. Sure, 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 There's sure. no chance they do. I don't think they are either. Vegas in five, but I would love to see Montreal take this somehow. Montreal in seven. Montreal in seven Carey would be Price. chaos. <laughs> Just burn down the, the hockey community and everyone's takes. Keep uh, doing it, Montreal. I love it. 
All right, and then the the other series on the other side of the semifinals, uh, Tampa Bay and New York, which we just witnessed game one. So this is probably what people are on here to listen to. So we'll make a note to skip to uh, whatever time yeah, measurement what, we're at. What right are we now. at? Thirty nine. Yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. to tell anybody who tones in for that to just skip to that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This is you. Uh, game one, impressive win by the Islanders. They did what they've been doing all postseason. They get timely goals. Uh, they shut down the opponent's best players. Uh, granted, Braden Point had a nice goal on that uh, six on four. Uh, we had a late penalty by Brock Nelson. Kucherov, maybe a little bit of a flop. Maybe not. I'd, I'd actually like to see that replay again. I don't think NBC had a good angle. Um, however, Braden Point gets a nice goal with 50 seconds left. And uh, Varley wins the game 2-1. Should have been a shutout, in my opinion. He played outstanding. This whole Islander team, man, they are buzzing. I thought that Pajot, uh, Zajac, and Paul Mary line was fantastic. Uh, they were dominating play, especially early when it was still pretty close. And just to see them, you know, get a huge win in game one against the defending Stanley Cup champions, who knows, man? This team is great. This this team can win big games and big moments, and they just proved that today. Uh, yeah, and, like, I mean, obviously I'm pretty um, uh, knowledgeable in what is – uh, the world of having Semyon Varlamov in net after all his years here in Colorado. Um, it always seemed like, and here, maybe this is like growth from Varlamov or maybe I just misread it today. Um, but it always seemed like when Varlamov wasn't at his absolute best to start a game, first five shots, you could tell this is either going to be that he's getting pulled by the second period or he's going to make 46 saves tonight. Um, so the Avs used to ask, ask him to do a lot. Um, <laughs> but it just it's all about, like, where he is, his positioning. He wasn't giving up rebounds. Today, he kind of was a little bit. Yeah. Early, early there was a few right into the bread basket or, or towards the glove that he just couldn't snatch up. And they kind of dribbled away from him. Didn't end up, burn, didn't end up burning him at all. And he was able to overcome those demons that he's had at least back. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty similar today. Go ahead, it, it, it is rather similar, I think, Nick. Um, I, I remember in that game against Boston, I believe it was game two that they game was it game two or game oh I can't remember which game it was. Oh please forgive me. What but, fan? Yeah, really. Um, Varley lets in an early goal and then he lets in a second one later in the game. But between oh, it was it was the game that they lost on Long Island. I believe that was game three. Uh, he lets up a, a weak goal, and then the OT goal was a sharp angle shot by Bergeron. Mm. Uh, two goals that, in my opinion, he should have saved. But between that, he was fantastic. Yeah. So it, it's weird to see Varley, you know, he he has given up some early goals. He's been better as of late, and I thought he was fantastic today in game one. You know, the more I think about it, and this might just be the way my brain works, but... It seems as though if the Avs can't get Grubauer signed, is bringing Varlamov back the worst idea? That's interesting. To trade for Varlamov back? Devon Taves for Varley, straight up. Nope, that's not going to yes, happen. Please. Nope. Yes, please. Next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, if we're going to go on this topic, I think Sorokin could step in and be the starting goalie. By next uh, year, right? By next yeah, year, yeah. I, mean so. I, I think he could have he could have played the series. Now, granted, Varley is playing outstanding. I think Sorokin's the real deal. And it's uh, nice to have both, it's right? It's crazy to have both. Not a lot of teams have a guy that you can throw in in case, you know, your starter has a rough night and be like, yeah, he could throw up a shutout right now. Yeah. That's fine. Um, 
<laughs> Barley's not going anywhere. He's going to finish this contract here on the island. I you bet. think so? Oh, I, I you don't I, think I, it would, I would, for them to... I would put another six pack on it. <laughs> wow, I would yeah, not, I would. I'm not confident That's enough fair. for that. That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think go if you're gonna if you're gonna keep Varlamov through his conscious contract, I assume I'm, I can. He's look it up got, right now. I believe, two more years. Two on more his contract. So next year and the year after. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was just next year. That's that's unfortunate that if you put Varlamov into Bing. <laughs> yeah, Bing, way to go, Nick. <laughs> the first thing that comes up is his domestic violence, which he was not ever charged with right, and right. didn't any ever happen. But yeah. uh let's look it up. Yeah, um, now they're on Varlamov's criminal history. <laughs> uh, or lack thereof. Tonight yeah. tonight's show is just off the rails, yeah, buddy. Geez. Uh yeah, you're correct. Right, he has years. next year and the year after with a modified no movement clause. Oh, um, somebody clipped that, I'm correct. With a yeah, which weird weird way for his contract to go. He makes four mil last year and this year. Next year he's due to make six and then back to four the year after. Hmm. Huh. Right. I don't know what Lou is doing over there. But... Little cap finagling going on. Yeah. Um, Whatever works, sure. That's interesting. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, okay, maybe it's a little bit different. I thought he only had one year left, which could bring him to Colorado. Maybe I thought because I mean, if you can't, if for whatever reason you can't get Grubauer back, you would think that the Isles want to get something out of Gru- out of Varlamov instead right. of just letting him walk as a free agent again, as right. the Avs did. But in except he's got two more years left. So, who cares? <laughs> still think it could be an option. Still think Grubauer is option A. I still think Varlamov could be option B. That's interesting. I also think that uh, Vichek Vanacek could be an interesting Oh, player. just another goalie just from Washington? Keep yeah. going back to yeah. the well, as like long Vanacek. as it works. I think he's a good goalie. Um, uh, but going back to this game one, yeah, uh, they, yeah, seriously, back on the rails, are we trying to do? Uh, this Islander team is much improved than the team that Tampa saw in the bubble. Uh, Pellick's playing. Casey is healthy. Uh, Casey missed a couple of the games. I believe he started that series in Edmonton, but I don't think he finished it. Um, and that Pajot line, that's something that they haven't seen. That third line is dominant. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, how they were controlling zone time, especially early when Tampa was really pouring it on. Uh, that Paul Mary, Zajac, and uh, Pajot line. You know, I mentioned it again a couple of minutes ago. They were rolling out Leo Komarov, Michael Dalcole, and Derek Broussard. That's not going to do it. Last year, yeah. yeah. They were rolling that out last year. I mean, obviously, Broussard's not on the team anymore, and Dalcole is a healthy scratch all these games. But um, just they're a much-improved team, even without their captain, Anders Lee, which is impressive. Pelic has stepped in as maybe one of the best uh, defensemen in the league, which is awesome to see. Uh, and Ryan Pulak being that offensive weapon is is so key for this team who scored the game-winning goal today. Yeah, and I, my, really my only complaint with the way they played tonight was that Jordan Eberle needs to shoot the puck more because <laughs> I put money on it. Yeah, the guy who had over two and a half shots and Jordan Eberle had two shots. <laughs> yeah, this is why – I don't know how these Vegas odd setters are so good. I looked at me. I looked at Barzal and uh, Eberle. Both set at two and a half. Barzal had three. Eberle had two. Wow. How did he do it? I think Dobson had three or four also. Yeah, and Dobson uh, could have been one. So, um, who was it? Um, Another defenseman? No, 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 no. There was one of the guys had like eight or nine shots. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look All it right. up. Yeah, right now. while you pull that up, I'll just say, you know, the Islanders are looking great. Uh, Tampa is still going to push. They had a great push at the end of this game with the man, uh, the man advantage with the goalie pulled. Uh, then Brock takes that penalty and it's six on four. And. Tampa does what they do best. They have some of the most skilled players in the league, uh, and all they do is they pass well. 
They look for good options. They look for good shots. And then if they're not seeing them, they get it back to either Victor Hedman or uh, Mikhail Sergachev. Who so many guys back insane. there. It's they're, just it's, when you're operating yeah. that far over the cap, it's hard to not, like I said, it's hard to not have dogs on every line. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helps when you're almost $20 million over the cap to have a bunch of good players on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're, they're great at it, man. Yeah, it's going to be a hard-fought series. Um, and I said before game one that I thought the Islanders – or that uh, Tampa was going to win in seven, I think game one might have changed my mind. Really? If they already have dropped, they are now three and three at home in these playoffs, yeah. and they've already dropped one to the Islanders. It's it's just I don't I don't know if they could win a game seven at home. My my official prediction was Islanders in six. Uh, it's been going well so far, uh, winning cool. that sixth game at home. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, but. Do you have the uh, the shots? It's taken me quite to... some time here. I mean, but know, it's the, the NHL at... website isn't very team it's friendly. It's just horrible that oh, if I search it. if I search Lightning Islanders game one game center stats, it doesn't come up. Ah, very normal. I don't know why. Um, You're looking what were we talking about? <laughs> Islanders. Shots why did I look this most? up? Oh yeah, five. Bovillier had five. Oh, yeah. Anthony Bovillier. I thought somebody had more than that. Uh, mm. Maybe I was looking. Maybe on the defense. That'd be weird. Yeah, no, maybe it was Bovillier. Three was the highest on defense with Pulak, Dobson, and Mayfield all having three shots on net. Who had the most ice time? Like Maybe something we should have done before we recorded? Eh, well, you know, eh. we did it as soon as the game ended. That's so it's not fair. Really we didn't have a lot of time. Gigi Pajot played almost 20 minutes as a forward. That's wow. pretty good. 22 and minutes. And then uh, Pelic and Mayfield. Oh, yeah. uh, or Pelic is paired with Mayfield? Pelic and Pulak play together. Pelic, and Pelic Pulak, had okay. 23 minutes and 28 seconds. Mayfield, 22-43. Okay, Can you scroll up? I want to see what Barzell's time on ice was. Uh, uh, it was at 15, 15 minutes. 15. Oh, interesting. And Everly only played 13. Three minutes on the power play for Barzal. Yeah. Wow. Um, so It shows how deep this team is. You know, yeah. you, you think of the Islanders, and you probably think immediately of Matt Barzell. And meanwhile, he's not even playing the most ice of the forwards. It's the Pajot line. So. Yeah. Interesting yep. to see. I mean, they're they're relied on defensively. They're relied on late in games, uh, and I think that's partly due to the fact that Travis Ajak plays on that line, well, and he is just so sound defensively. He doesn't make a wrong decision. I will never bet on the shots on goal for that again. I will continue to bet next goal. Yeah, there was one for sixty plus six sixty thousand for uh, Adam Pellick to score the next. Or yeah, Adam Pellick to score the next goal didn't hit, but could at some point. One other thing I want to call out is that giveaways. Yep. So. Islanders won 61% of faceoffs, and for is that really giveaways? The Islanders yeah. only had one giveaway. I don't know if I believe that. Um, yeah, no, that I don't know. Right. GVA is that giveaway? Yeah, it has it's to be. Definitely not. Because NHL.com is saying Tampa had seven giveaways and the Islanders only had one. Uh, <laughs> I've watched hockey to know that a team having one giveaway in one game is, I feel like, abnormal. Well, I know it's weird, but. Giveaways and turnovers are a different category. Oh, is that are they yes? One is those differently? one is forced. Giveaways are unforced errors. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, as as turnovers are forced. Um, so just trying to pull up the cap friendly or the yeah cap friendly the um, natural statric lines on on tonight's game just to see how exactly it went. Islanders controlled the first and the third. Uh, they kind of got beat there pretty bad in the Corsi four at just 33% in the second period. Uh, but other than that, they, they had the advantage mo mostly on the first. And then obviously with Tampa's six on four at the end of the game, that probably turned that Corsi on its head a little bit. Um, scoring chances for our scoring chances percentage. The Islanders finished with 55% of the scoring chances. So it was a little closer 
than I really thought originally. Um, and high danger chances were nine to eight. That's really wow. it's way closer than I thought it was. And I think a lot of that is the turtle at the end of the game where yeah. the Islanders kind of just go into that park, the bus mode, and they, right. they shut it down, uh, which they're very – obviously we talked about during the game, but they're very good at it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what they do best. If they can get a lead into the third period, uh, you saw it in game six against Boston, the way that they were able to dominate – uh, zone time before they can get the goalie out and just keep rotating and, and making line changes while keeping the puck in their zone. And even if the puck goes into the Islanders zone, they're able to keep the puck on the outside and limit high danger chances. Now, that being said, Tampa did get a goal with 50 seconds left. Braden Point made a nice move and tucked the top right corner on Varley, but uh, that was on a six on four with Brock Nelson in the box. Yeah, and, and just looking at the heat map uh, throughout the game, uh, Tampa had a lot of defense, uh, a lot of uh, chances down low, but they didn't really generate anything from anywhere else. So if you look at the Islanders' side on the the top side of the ice, if you're looking through the camera, uh, at the top of the circles, they generated you know three plus, three point five plus attempts. Uh, so they were able to generate from just outside of just the slot as Tampa Bay was really forced into you know they were only getting those chances down low. Uh, and weren't really able to generate a whole lot outside of it. So great job by the Islanders all around. They played a great game today. And yeah. if they can repeat that in game two, if that barn is as quiet as it was tonight, uh, it's it's going to be real tough for for Tampa Bay to continue playing like this and expect to win that series. Emily Arena wasn't just a library. It was an empty library. Yeah. I can't believe how quiet that place was, especially after watching games from all different teams. Most of these uh, most of these places are massive, so or you know their sound is. I'm yeah. surprised Tampa was quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, overall, I'm ex- I mean, I'm expecting a good series, so oh, it'll totally. be fun throughout the rest of the way. So uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on here. Just some news from around the league. Um, uh, finally, the Columbus Blue Jackets have gone ahead and signed their uh, new coach. It is Brad Larson. He was an assistant for them. Uh, coming into this season, and obviously with them allowing John Tortorella to ditch town, um, it looks like it's uh, it's a new era there. And uh, what are your just give us your thoughts on? Well, it. Uh, I didn't know Bla- Brad Larson's name until you told me who he was. You, uh, you looked at the rundown and you said your exact words were, "Who the fuck is Brad? <laughs> St- or who the fuck is Brad Larson?" Yeah, I didn't look at the rundown until I came over to your place to watch the Islanders. Oh, game. I know. Yeah, I was like, "All right, I guess we'll just take a look at this rundown." Buddy's now. text this morning. Yeah, I'm gonna do it right now. Comes over. I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> well, I brought you Chipotle, so that's, that's that, true. That, right. that should even itself okay. up. Okay. Um, Brad Larson is the new coach of Columbus. I'm not gonna pretend like I know who that is, but I, what I will say is, any coach that isn't John Tortorella, I like. I think it's uh, he, I think okay. Uh, I'll give you a little a little overview oh, on, on Mr. Larson. So Brad Larson, um, Columbus had a couple of other interviews this week, last week with uh, known coaches around the league. Gerard Gallant being one of them, as well as Rick Tackett. Um, they eventually decided to go with uh, with Larson, a familiar face from inside of the organization. He was an assistant to John Tortorella over the last couple of seasons. He also was an assistant for the Springfield Falcons, the AHL affiliate of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, eventually became their head coach. Um, and I just think he has put in the work for an organization that deserves to at least have a look at. I have no idea anything about how the players feel about him, what his coaching career really looked like before he got to the AHL level. But, I mean, if you put in that much time throughout an organization and you really, uh, you truly do work from the bottom up, 
Yeah, you deserve a look. Yeah, I like promotions from the AHL team because a lot of the guys on that NHL team have probably played with him in exactly. the AHL, so they're familiar with how he coaches, how he handles, you know, different player situations. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how Columbus really shapes up both on the ice and off the ice with the Seth Jones stuff. Yeah, uh, I agree. So it's at this point, it's just a uh, um, a matter of what I wrote is, but can he draw players to that dump? <laughs> People <laughs> That's the hard part. Isn't hate it? Columbus. Yeah, nobody wants to play there. It's sad, really. I, I don't know what can drive a player. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe I, if he's a real like a guy that everybody likes and and he can pull in guys. That would be my first guess is that it's Tortorella. I don't I don't think a lot of people want to play with him in that style. I think it's a star. I think it's a starting point for why people don't Certainly. want to play in yeah. Columbus. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is it's hard to say, but I said the word it's hard to talk. It, well, Now, it also is hard to talk. I'm let's aware. move on. Yeah, so I, I don't agree. talk myself into more of a dump here. All right. So now we're going to introduce our new uh, little bump hit that I created this week for the podcast. It's time for Locks of the Week. I'm now regretting saying the name right before I <laughs> I know I say it in it, so uh, I think that from now on I'll just play the hit. Hey, it's only episode three. We're still working this out. I said it was hard to talk earlier. So. We're figuring things out slowly but surely, but yeah. buddy... Go ahead and give us your first lock of the week here. Sure. Uh, my first one is the game tomorrow, Vegas and Montreal. I love Vegas on the spread, minus one and a half at plus 110. Uh, I don't see this game as close. I see Vegas as dominating. Carey Price probably keeps this from a, you know, an 8-2 game to more of a 5-2 game. Uh, but I do see Vegas winning, and I do see the spread hitting as well. Okay. All right. Um, I think... That they, I have also tomorrow's game. I have Vegas to win without conceding a goal in regulation, plus six hundred. Oh wow! I think they win this game one to nothing. That's one. Okay, I don't think it was one nothing, but I do like that plus six hundred. I think that's worth it. Plus six hundred, and we've already seen Vegas lose a game one nothing in overtime. So yeah. as long as Flurry can get through regulation uh, without allowing a goal. 600 bucks in your pocket. Nick, I'm looking at your rundown right here, and I see uh, your next lock of the week, and it missed. Uh, so do you want to change that? Yeah, I meant, to, I meant to change that to something you could – oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, – Or was that from last week? I, no, no, no. I picked this for today, uh, or I wanted to pick it for the next game going oh, forward. Okay. But after watching tonight – Sorry to put you on blast. There. No, it's good. I just want to change it up. I had Eberle. I'm changing it to Matt Barzal over two and a half shots plus one oh. Five. Yeah, I think that's gonna hit. Yeah, that's fine. I thought, and you know, he had three shots on goal this game. Yep. Uh, now that you know these two teams have kind of felt each other out, as a lot of teams do in that first game, uh, I'm sure Barry's gonna look at the tape and find more opportunities for Matt Barzell to score. He had a great look, deking out Victor Head, the Norris Trophy finalist, uh, and he just, I believe, Vasilevsky got it on the right shoulder. He just missed scoring a highlight reel goal, which we would have seen on every highlight, especially with NBC's coverage. Oh, you think you would see a highlight reel goal on a highlight reel? Is that what you're saying? That's the idea. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's an interesting theory. Shut up, Nick. It's a a hot take. What what if you uh, shut the fuck up? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Looking back uh, on the last week, Buddy and I both picked two locks of the week. Last week, uh, I picked Colorado and Vegas under five and a half for game uh, game five. Yeah. uh, Which hit. And I also picked Kucherov to score in his game against the Carolina Hurricanes. He did not. So I went one and one. 
Buddy picked the Isles to win game six, which did happen. He also said that Casey Zizekas would score and compared him to Oliver Wallstrom. Oh, oh, was, no, oh, no, um, no, it was uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows. Yeah, because yes. Casey to score was like plus four something. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was the same exact odds as Kiefer Bellows, yeah. the guy who hasn't played in the playoffs. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. That's kind of like half the reason I picked him. So are we... We're okay, even. so we're both one and one. One and one. That's great. We're going to so keep it going. I don't remember what we said in the first episode, but that was just a trial run. We'll forget that. Yeah, the first episode, we'll pretend that was trial, uh, and <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. keep track from just here pilot on out. Sounds good. Last I've thing. got one more lock. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Go for it. My last lock, and I'll make it quick. Uh, Max Pacioretty to score is plus 123. Uh, he's going against the former club, the club that he captained. I love for him to score in game That's one. interesting. Didn't even think about that, yeah. but I do. I like that, too. Man, yeah. that could be interesting. It's too bad that Carey Price is going to post four consecutive shutouts. <laughs> You're a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last section we have of the show. We always like to, I think we're going to try and end with these two sections every time. I think it's good to, to have a little yeah. bit of consistency to it. Um, player of the week, who blew your mind this week, buddy? Uh, I'm a little bit of a homer here. I'm going to say Adam Pellick. Uh, I think he's really showing the national stage or on this national stage that he is an elite top pairing defenseman. The way that he and both Ryan Pulak have been able to shut down Sidney Crosby. Now, they did that in 2019 before COVID. Uh, they also did it again, Sidney Crosby, a few mo- a few weeks ago. They also shut down the perfection line, uh, and they looked very good against Stamkos and Kucherov. Uh, in game one against Tampa. So I look at Adam Pellick specifically, but that pairing as well. I'm assuming you brought no stats to back that up. Of course not. Okay. Just my eyes. Just, just the eye test. Just... The eye test checked out on Adam Pellick. I'm the analytics guy. Buddy is the eye test guy. Uh, yeah. How did I get stuck with this job? I have no idea. <laughs> All right, for me, I'm also going to go with the guy from the Islanders. I'm going to go with big old Brock Nelson. Mm, Brock 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 the Rock. Yes. Uh, Two goals in game six to seal the deal. Six goals, four assists, ten points in the playoffs now. Um, He had three goals, one assist for four points uh, in the series. Had a minus two, two times in this series. It doesn't matter, though, because it only matters who shows up when the game is on the line. And who was it? Brock Nelson. Yep. Putting it away. I love Oh, that got me. That one steal he had. That one <laughs> yeah, steal through the middle. Yeah, he picked the pocket. Yeah, yeah I that, that one, was Grizzly. That one got me going, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Hell big, yeah. Big game Brock showing yeah. up in both series clinchers. I loved that. So good on Brock. So we got Brock for me, Adam Pellick for Buddy, and obviously – as the teams dwindle down from four to two, uh, there'll be less people to pick from, and I assume we will someday have the same people. But he's already packed up and ready to leave. I'll see you later, Nick. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess now we'll just hop on into final thoughts, if there's anything you want to add here before uh, before the end of the show. Uh, yeah, impressive uh, playoffs so far. I thought most of these series have been really entertaining. Uh, it's a shame that Colorado and Vegas had to meet in the second round because those are two of the top teams in the league. Uh, and I think Colorado, yeah, as you tilt your head back and what is maybe shame or what is maybe just pure sorrow, just disgust, disbelief. disbelief. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a tough look for the abs. It, it, it stinks. And I'm looking forward to their off season as well as countless other teams off season. Yeah, it should be a good time. And we'll keep you posted on everything going around, going on around the NHL. Words are not easy for either one it's of hard us, to talk. but 
Uh, well, thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast uh, going forward. I think at some point we're going to try and get live on Twitter or YouTube or something. Yeah, we'll Just try and, try and get some more going. Twitter Just, fleets could be really cool. Could. Yeah, yes. that's not a bad idea. Yeah. We'll we'll look into it. Uh, Buddy's going to get the Twitter account up and running this week, isn't he, Buddy? <laughs> this is the third week we've said I would. Uh, You're going to do it this I'm, week. I'm yes. going to tell you that I will, and in the next episode, Nick's going to tell me to do it. It's going to happen this week. Yeah. I know that Buddy, I believe that Buddy can get it done. Uh, but Buddy, like you said earlier, will be out of town next week, uh, next weekend for, uh, or you're out of town for the entire week. Correct? I'm out of town for the entire week, so okay. we can figure something out. But if not, I'll catch you when I catch you. Yeah, I might, uh, might run a run a little solo yeah. podcast, keep it short, sweet, uh, and to Go the point it. about just what's going on. Um, but yeah, overall, just don't forget, like I said, like and subscribe to the podcast. Definitely helps us out. And uh, and if you're looking for more abs content in your life, go ahead and follow me at Schmitty999 on Twitter. And I'm at Buddy Peck. And the Twitter account is? It's going to be at ATB underscore pod, probably. That's my guess. We haven't transferred it over yet from our old days in college. So I got to see what's available. So don't look that up. Nick, actually, you should probably scratch that. It's okay. Uh, but we'll see. We'll I'm going to leave it in there to embarrass you. Please do. Yeah. All right. I'll tweet it out. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no. All I'm right. talking sorry. <laughs> this is not Buddy's best day. All right. We'll catch you. See ya.